Welcome to the Department of Energy Addresses Looming Threats to the Nation's Critical Infrastructure podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. The bipartisan infrastructure law provides federal agencies with the ability to improve the resilience of the nation's critical infrastructure. The Department of Energy is the largest consumer of data and is tightly linked to other critical infrastructure systems and is in desperate need of modernization. Recently, the DOE's National Energy Technology Laboratory, or NETL, partnered with Maximus to use technology solutions like high-performance computing and artificial intelligence machine learning edge computing to improve environmental sustainability and resilience threats. And today we are speaking with Sonny Landry, who's the Senior Director at Maximus, to discuss the work done by NETL and the improvements that they've helped to deliver. And Sonny, thanks for joining us today. Hey, good morning. It's great to have you. And let's let's go ahead and kick it off from a high level and let's talk about the threat landscape. So what is the current threat landscape for critical infrastructure these days? Yeah, thanks. And that's that's a complex question when you consider 16 different critical infrastructure sectors. Uh, and that landscape is going to be different, not only for each sector, but for every organization that supports or I guess is owner for each one of those sectors, um, but you know, at a high level, and it's, it's interesting you say looming threats. I would say we're past that, and we're almost in a series of or a pattern of adaptation, less than mitigation or preparation for the threat. Uh, but you consider you know cyber threats, whether that's by state, non-state actors. You've got aging or crumbling, really physical infrastructure, climate change. Uh, in extreme weather uh, that agnostic of your politics, we all have to acknowledge that, you know, there are weird things happening outside with the weather, um, which huge risk to our infrastructure. And I would say for us, it's important that we are deliberate and we consider, you know, an organization's threat profile. What are those greatest risks right across that threat profile? And then really focus with the finite resources that we do have on what we can to either mitigate, prepare for, or adapt to things that I would call mission killers. What are the, you know, were an attack to happen here, our mission will shut down. And, and those are the things we need to prepare for first. Uh, but that's a challenge, right? So it, it takes a, a cognizance and understanding of what your risk profile looks like. And then, you know, making sure we are proactive and, and adequately preparing for that or addressing it as the case may be. For us at Maximus, it's it's fairly simple. When you look at say uh, a system or application perspective, when you're when you're building a new system, right, or whether it's you're you're designing a new grid, the DOE referenced you know security by design, and I would say that's something you know we take to heart as well. But the, the bigger challenge is when you've inherited legacy IT that you know or or multiple interdependent legacy IT systems, which may support a single component of a process. And if that single step or component of the process were to shut down, the entire process shuts down. I guess the example I would use is an airline whose ticketing system goes down because of a patch or something goes wrong and it completely shuts down the ability to get people on flights and, and from A to B. Um, that is a, a mission killer that you might not consider you know, at face value as the biggest threat right, to a process. Uh, or an organization, but a small thing within a bigger process, right? Or a, a seemingly small risk or breach in armor, right? Could shut you down. Um, and, and it is cognizance of what those things are 
and being deliberate and proactive, I think is the most important thing. That's perfect. Thanks, Sonny. So what really are the most likely sources of attack and what do these attackers really hope to gain? Ultimately, it's going to be energy and data that drives society. So without power, right? And without data, um, we really realistically as an economy or a society have nothing. So it's again, consideration of what it is your mission is supporting um, as, as part of the broader system. What are the things that you really need to protect, right? So if you look at whether it's the colonial pipeline and it's a group of non-state actors who thought it would be fun, but really caused significant disruption, you know, I think we all felt it, the panic it caused, or you consider, you know, maybe it's secure data or classified information that that causes threat to to the warfighter, right? Were it to get out, right? Or an actor who's just trying to hold us hostage because they know that without, you know, this information or this system or this component of inf you know, critical infrastructure, society cannot function. Yeah, you know, I think what's frightening, and I listened to, um, I would say, a colleague Andy Bachman from from INL talk about it. When you look at our you know, as as the United States, how big our attack surface is, it, it kind of can make it hard to sleep at night, right? But again, it's being cognizant of what it is your mission supports, um, and then addressing those areas of biggest concern first. No, those are great insights there. Now let's talk about innovation. So how can the latest high performance computing and AI ML edge computing solutions improve operations at the NETL? So NETL being one of the Department of Energy's 17 national labs, they are all charged with this concept of accelerating innovation, right? Whether whatever's within their mission or, or area of responsibility. So ultimately, HPC AIML, and I'm actually supporting a high-performance computing working group through ACT-IAC. It's, you know, it's fascinating when you consider that there's concern of a six-month pause in AI research because ultimately if we pause ai development and continued research for six months we will be left behind that is how fast it is accelerating um and, and the pace of change so for us to consider the possibilities of what these technologies can do to improve operations is a tough question because we have no idea what these you know capabilities can offer tomorrow but i'll say for us at, at netl right it is it, it's the ability to to foster true innovation as it comes to energy research. It is an enabler, right? And a force multiplier for researchers. But I think the most important, fascinating thing about what NETL has done is focus on, on using data uh, as an enabler first. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a study done that researchers spend 80% of their time actually getting data to a point where they can do something with it. So for us to apply these kind of leading edge technologies without the, the data that you need, right, to perform the research or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish is, is, is fairly meaningless. But ultimately, these, these technologies are going to make us, you know, innovate so, so much faster. And it's just going to continue to accelerate the pace of change. So it's a very exciting time. But another key component is the, the reuse of AI ML models called AI ops uh, and making those gleaned lesson learned, right? Or technologies or models that we've used and already trained, making them reusable as data evolves or we need to revisit a, a piece of research or a problem set.
But again, it is all foundational, focusing on making the data available and, and you know, curated data reusable is incredible. Yeah, that's perfect. Tell us how can solutions like the Energy Data Exchange or EDX be used to address critical infrastructure concerns? EDX started with a pretty catastrophic oil spill, right? And that the data was was needed to to respond and it largely was kept in, you know, floppy disks, CD-ROMs or or boxes, right? So EDX started as a data warehouse taking you know, data related to FECM or fossil energy research and, and putting it in a single place as a means of preservation, really. And then it grew from there. So, I, you know, largely data, you know, as it pertains to, you know, research is left on the cutting room floor. It's almost it's machine. You pump out research, right? And then you move on to the next thing. But that doesn't mean that that data isn't meaningful, right? So I would say how EDX is useful in, in helping address CI concerns is, it fosters a level of collaboration, um, it, it, which is largely, I would say, a foreign concept within you know the national lab space. Not that there aren't shared services and collaboration, but I would say it is a core component of what makes EDX special and why it is something that needs to be replicated or, or truly embraced. Because that idea of data reuse um, and true knowledge management and knowledge sharing is something we like to talk about, right? but that is at its core what EDX is. And then once you've gotten to that place, doing cool things like high-performance computing, AI, and ML, it's, it's not something that's done in pockets, right? Or transactionally, it is something that you can truly scale at that point. So I would say where, where EDX is in its journey is, is it's a true integrated data environment. Got this very large multi-petabyte data warehouse and now we've been able to layer in reusable technologies and integration with high-performance computing resources to truly empower researchers with a mission enabler. Nice, nice. So really, what can other DOE labs learn from NETL's success with edge computing and HPC? And how can this help to better secure the nation's energy systems? Yeah, you know, like I touched on, it's really a component of an ideal. I'd say it's a, it's a capability or technology that that everybody, you know, can, can glean use from, but it's a very, very long road, right? Um, it is a, it is a capability that scales, but the, the ideal of data-driven decision-making isn't something that's, that's unique to NETL. Um, it's, I think if you look at any organization's long-term technology strategy or even strategic roadmap, they talk about things like data and AI and high-performance computing. But the biggest lesson learned for other organizations is that's that's a long road. And NETL has gone a long way down that road to get to that point. Um, I would say it's it's been almost, you know, it's been over a decade, this journey to get here, but it is a capability that's available, right? There, there are are tons of use cases for the data stored in EDX today. And, and, you know, more importantly, maybe the data that could be in EDX tomorrow. So I think as a capability, it's something that other organizations can find use of, but I think even more so is the mindset, right, behind EDX that, you know, you've got public data preservation, right? And there are public data sources or public users um, of the data within EDX. We've also got this component of private data curation where, you know, in a you know post-pandemic but still very remote, uh, multi-organizational world, right? You know, fostering collaboration with the enabling tool sets is is important. And then the third component, right, is how do we make you know 
the integration with analytics and compute incredibly easy, right? Even for folks that aren't data scientists or have a data scientist in support, how can we make these tools and resources readily available? So that at X core is, is where EDX is and, and definitely where it is going. But again, I think, you know, to the root of the question, it's a long, long road. Now, how this can help, you know, the Department of Energy and other organizations secure infrastructure, I think, you know, it is, again, it's a, it's a force multiplier. It's an enabler of all the things that they're trying to accomplish. It allows them to, to focus on research, focus on solving the problem, vice trying to scramble for data or scramble for analytics or compute resources, scramble for, you know, whether it's, you know, consultant or contract support, right? Um, it's it's enabling those things by providing those technologies with curated data. Excellent. You know, Sonny, really appreciate your time today. And this was a wonderful podcast, great insights. And before we sign off today, any final thoughts you'd like to share? It's really what I'm proud of our support to NETL is really you know, that the idea of problem focused thinking and, and focusing on the mission, focusing on using finite resources in the most meaningful way possible. So whether it's from a security perspective or or you're you're trying to keep up with the pace of innovation and change, it's being very mission focused, very, you know, what are we trying to solve? What are the challenges and what are we charged with? Um, and then ensuring that those folks, you know, the research community are empowered with the tools they need to, to make us all successful. But thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. And I, I look forward to continuing the conversation. This concludes the Department of Energy Addresses Looming Threats to the Nation's Critical Infrastructure podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Sonny Landry, who's a senior director of Maximus, discussed the work being done by NETL and the improvements they have helped to deliver and much, much more. And Sonny, thank you so much for your time today. No, thanks, Matt.